got me feeling crazy than a motherfucker. It 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 got me feeling crazy than a motherfucker. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, we are here in Mexico City uh, with a very special guest. I don't get to do interviews in English very often anymore, so I'm really excited about this one. Um, uh, right now, we're listening to a song called Sigs and a View. This is by Kelman Duran. Um, so we're going to listen to the end of that song, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by the one and only Kelman Duran. back and the first thing I want to do is apologize for pronouncing your name in such a gringo ass fucking oh, way no, I know it's Kel Manduran yeah, you know? <laughs> um, but hi and thank you for being on the show how are you man uh, thank you for having me um, yeah yeah no it's it's dope having you here in Mexico I, I didn't know uh, you were performing here until I saw the insta stories that my friends were at, at your at your gig uh, what's up I mean was that the only show or are you you know doing a bit of a tour what's going on uh, so I played in Monterrey the, the day before that show oh on the first and then I played at Terminal for Lapidacion which is Phaedra Phaedra's night and then I'm playing Guadalajara on the 8th okay yeah and then I I go to New York for a day to do a show at NYU and then I go to like the UAE United Arab Emirates what? yeah to play for this Sharjah Triennial which okay. is pretty dope it's like there's a lot of dope artists like Campire Slickback Nicholas Yard, I think, is doing some special performance. So okay. It should be kind of like, it should be a dope event. Was this your first time playing in Mexico? This is my second time coming here. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely, I'd say, very similar experiences. <laughs> um, Fair. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting crowd, especially like Mexico City, the club world here. It's a little, um, it's it's very much about the aesthetic. 
it's very much about the 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 vibe um i i used to work in nightlife and i i kind of can't go to those kinds of spaces like i'm i was always like i don't care how cool you are i'm here to have a good time yeah, yeah. i'm like where's the cheap beer where the stripper yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and if there's no stripper i'm the stripper shit um but you know for the listeners at home who maybe don't know you and and obviously like the whole point of the show is getting to know the artists yeah. um tell us a little bit about yourself who are you and what is it that you do so um i guess i was born in dominican republic and raised in new york city for the major part of my life and uh, when I was younger I did jazz and um, I did it for a while because I was getting like guitar lessons and then I kind of I kind of quit because I was just like I didn't want to take it kind of like took over my childhood a bit, just making music mm. and then um, yeah I went to art school and then I just I got back into music um, when I was in LA and I started making reggaeton because Originally, because it was something that wasn't... It's not what it is today when I started. It, it right. went very fast. It was kind of this music that, for lack of better terms, I would hear um, white Mexicans or, or classist Mexicans be like, oh, reggaeton is naco, yeah, or it's for quote-unquote lower-class people. So I kind of just wanted to just kind of make, un, I guess, what was unpopular music back then, and then it became pop. And so I, I always have to kind of keep making sure that I don't fall into um, into those kind of things. I like Playero. I like producers that make music. You know, it's not like artists that, that drive the genre. It's also the producers. Um, but now most of the producers that make reggaeton is they all kind of they all sound the same. They all sound like Tiny. Yeah. So. It's cool that like certain uh, producers are getting are starting to get their shine now. Uh, like Tiny, obviously, is has been a huge uh, is getting is having a huge moment. And I'm not thinking of Playero, but I'm thinking of there's another uh, Puerto Rican producer. Um, I think he did a song recently with uh, Tomas El Real. He did a song. Oh God, he, I, I forget his name. Anyway, but I mean, like yeah. producers are in reggaeton and in urbano, just in general, are really starting to come to the forefront now. I mean, Looney Tunes, yeah. you know, they. I mean, they're. I, 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 I almost want to say that they're underrated, you know? Yeah, I mean, they were basically responsible for all of the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, you know the artists, not the producers. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like, what? Um, so, I mean, how would you describe your music? Because, is it, I mean, would you say your, your music is reggaeton? I would say it's club music. Mm. I wouldn't say it's purely reggaeton because I think reggaeton is very, it's very specific. And I think because me being raised in New York City, like I obviously, it's obviously a different sound. And I'm obviously influenced by a lot of like ambient music or a lot of stuff, I guess, from like, I don't know, just a, a lot of producers from London or from Bristol, from Manchester, etc. Like, but do I make, oh no, but I also like, I. I love reggaeton and I think I also come from that because that was my childhood but sure. I would say if I do make reggaeton it mine sounds a little bit like underground right okay. um, whereas a lot of a lot of people like a lot of reggaeton artists especially a lot of Spanish reggaeton artists that sing reggaeton they're stuck and I, I'm not I'm not throwing shade or anything they're stuck in the 2000s yeah they're, they're, all their beats sound like Looney Tunes all their songs sound like Daddy Yankee and a lot of the lyrics are talking about even though like they'll be like oh it's feminist it's for women it's like they're mostly white girls sure and their audience is white girls 
um, and they're making money off of culture. And most of the time, they're pretty delusional about where it comes from. Um, so I also kind of like want to make sure that people understand that it's a Caribbean music. It's not Latino music. Yes. And they want to try and, and be like, oh, I could do this because I'm Latino. Primero, no eres Latino, first of all. And second of all, it's not Latin music. Um, so I kind of like, I guess that is my mission, but it doesn't matter because nobody's really going to listen. I mean, I'm sure you know how the club scene is now. It's yeah. based on Instagram followers yeah. and it's based on visibility. Um, but also, they're holding people accountable now. Because when you fuck up, people will call you out. I mean, Nina Kravis had her whole cornrow debacle this week. I feel bad for her. I don't feel bad for her because it's very simple to just say a simple, I'm sorry. I don't know my history. I move on instead of being defensive. Uh, I'm getting off track. <laughs> it happen- hey, it happens. And that's why we call it Song Mess because uh, we never wanted the burden of... Uh being legit <laughs> um, but but I love that you're talking about this I mean because like again like as I was doing some research and listening to your music um, you know it seems that again like this sort of um, uh, it's sort of like rectifying a little bit of like pop culture is, is very much a part of it is like you know like the sounds of the diaspora of the Afro diaspora specifically are very much sort of like the, the terrain in which you work. I mean, I, I recently had conversations uh, on this show with Nino Augustine, with DJ Bambona when I was in New York. Um, and they were, you know, it was like, reggaeton is black, you know? And it's just like, and like, suddenly we forgot about all that. And so like, it's, it's really, um, I, I think it's so interesting that again, there's this resurgence of like, no, 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 we're gonna really sort of pay tribute to like the OGs. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I'm, I guess like I'm with the Tego school, you know? Right, uh-huh. Because Tego, besides rapping like reggaeton and tirarea and stuff like that, like he talked about being a black Puerto Rican. You yeah. Know? He talked about the roots of reggaeton, like where Bob My Plena comes from, etc. Um, but I mean, I'm also influenced by, I mean, I'm not like, I'm, I have a Western education and a Western mentality. So it's like, there's some people who, they read that I went to art school and then when they listen to me, they're like, oh, for sure you listen to John Cage, you know, or you take, and it's true, of course, like, I like repetitive music. I like music that's literally like one idea that's stretched over a long period of time. Um, so I am like, I guess, also influenced by conceptual practices but now especially in music there's a big aversion to conceptual music or what, what do they call it conceptronica or whatever the fuck they're calling it now um, which is something I don't actually like I, like I don't like when musicians take terms from art school and then use it to justify their music which is I see that a lot in interviews I'm actually the opposite I'd rather downplay that stuff even though I know it's part of it and and, and give it that much weight you know but it's just like music music is just it's just too personal and too singular for you to be being like oh I'm, this is exactly what i'm getting at you know what i'm trying to say there's like so many variables that you're even unconscious of yourself that go into what you're making yeah. so it's kind of like i try to i try to leave it open also but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna front about where i come from and my education and i'm not gonna be like oh i'm from the streets and i make really real reggaeton you know that's not Alright, cool. Well, I mean, there's a lot that I want to, you know, talk about with you, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this section to run too, too long. So I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the song that we opened the show with, uh, which is called Six in a View. This is, again, this is a Kelman Duran original. Uh, tell me a little bit about the song. 
So it's it's basically one of the first songs that I made that was an ambient song. Okay. Uh, it's part of this series called Moon Cycles, which is like music dedicated to like cosmology. Um, and yeah, it's just like a repetitive uh, two-part sample of him asking for a cigarette. Um, which is like, I guess my favorite thing is to like smoke cigarettes and look out the window and make music. Sure. Um, so it's, it's named after that, but it's really the first time where I consciously made an effort to make like an ambient conceptual track. And then after I finished that one, I tried to do both reggaeton and that one to mix sure. it. And I, I, obviously, the title sounds super pretentious. I, I didn't come up with ambient reggaeton. That was not me. Yeah. That was the press. And it's nice. And I can and I understand it, but I can see how it pisses people off. Sure. Um, especially if you're one of these people that um, are a bit like a purist about music, and they'd be like, "Well, ambient music is this tradition, reggaeton." Obviously, being a music that Europeans think is trash, or yeah. where most people for a long time thought was wasn't worth anything until it started making money, um, because when Daddy Yankee was at the height of his thing, he was making tons of money, but you didn't see artists. Uh, happy on board to be like, oh, let me do a song with yeah. Daddy Yankee. Now you have songs like Beyonce with J Balvin. You know, it's just kind of like. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a there's a taste for everyone. Yeah. Um, well, I want to transition to a little more music. Uh, so up next, we have a track by Amazon.com. Uh, this is um, again, we you know we're a little. A lot of these tracks will be determined in post production, uh, but uh, we're li- going to listen to the first track from her uh, recent uh, album, which is uh, out on vinyl. Actually, I've, I recently got my hands on uh, on one. I, I don't actually own it, but I saw it in uh, in Mexicali. I was visiting my good friend Trillones, um, and and he had like two copies, and I was like, holy shit, and looked awesome. Uh, tell me a little bit about Amazon.com, and tell me a little bit about uh, this track. So, um, Amazon is uh, a producer from LA, and uh, we've known each other for a long time. It's funny because we both made cinema before we started making music, because we both went to school together. Um, And I just love, like, I don't make quote unquote electronic music, or I, I, I don't consider myself part of that scene, but there's something very specific about the way she makes music that I really like. And it, it is kind of in this headspace, but it's a bit, it's not like she allows you in, you know? Sure. So that's kind of why I like it. Hmm. Okay. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this is Amazon.com. Uh, and then when we get back, we'll be talking some more with Kelman Duran. Oh, my God. 
and we're back and uh, the second track that we just heard is by Klein again this is a track off uh, her most recent album uh, and you were telling me this is a producer from uh, England from London yeah uh, tell me a little bit about Klein so Klein makes uh, for lack of better terms quote unquote experimental music okay. um, it's much more experimental than what I make but I wish I kind of had the courage to do what she does sure um, how would you describe it it's like it's collage Okay. It's kind of like collage and I'm I think I read somewhere that she grew up in the choir so there's these kind of vocals but a lot of it I mean I'm sure it's in a key but a lot of it doesn't sound in key and a lot of it is um, it seems like the format is arbitrary and the concept is literally like at the core but it also seems very personal mm. um, and yeah I don't know I don't know I know about black American culture, but I don't 
I know a little bit about black British culture, but it's a different history, so I can't really, I can't say that I have like total access to understanding what they do. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your own personal history because, like, again, like you are a man displaced. I mean, you're, you know, you're in, you're in Mexico, and then like next you're going to New York, and then you're going to the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Your phone is a little bit like janky right now because like you have like a European chip, you know, because you were out there for so long. You've been everywhere, but you're from the Dominican Republic. You're born there and then raised in uh, in New York. Um, what part of DR are you from? Uh, I'm from this place called Mocha. Um, um, you're from Mocha? Yeah, Stop. yeah. Why? I, well, I mean, my parents have a store there. No fucking Yeah, way. I grew up going to it. My parents still have a store there. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, my grandfather lives there, but I grew up in this calle home in La Ermita. Um, which I, I guess I had, a, I had a really beautiful childhood, just kind of running around and, and swimming in rivers. Yeah. It's kind of hard to conceptualize poverty at such a young age, so it's sure. like... I had a great childhood. Um, and New York City was great also, but it was like, it was the end of the 80s. Yeah. Um, it was like, it definitely was like an intense time growing up. And it, at, from very young, I knew that the police and racism and literally just like being treated like you were not wanted yeah. in that country was very early on. Uh, I think people forget how vicious Rudy Giuliani was and how racist. I think people are seeing now what a cycle he is on television. Um, but New York City literally was they were run, it was run by political like uh, hard hard handed people you yeah. that literally wanted to punish poor people. Yeah. Um, so I grew up very politicized, I guess, because of that. And I, sometimes I really have to remind myself, especially like when you go to California, a place that's a bit more pacified, sure. and when you go to Cal- and when you go to art school, which is a place that really kind of pacifies you as, uh, to a certain extent. So I always had to remind myself, like, and then when I got out of school, also traveling to Europe also gave me a big wake up call because the racist problem in Europe is is bordering on fascism, to tell you the truth. Um, that's, so that's kind of my history. <laughs> Fair. Well, um, you, where in New York did you grow up? Oh, Washington Heights, of okay. course. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. On 188 Street. I, I'm a little shook by like how similar our paths know, are. Really <laughs> like, I was, you grew up in the Heights also? I did not, but I lived there for five years. Okay, hell yeah. So I'm like, what street did you live on? I lived on 181st in Audubon. No way. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's right crazy. off, right off the stop, half a block. That's nuts. So you live like right between St. Nicholas and Audubon. Bingo. You know where um, where Zodiac used to be with like the yeah, mannequin yeah. with the big old padded mannequins. That, that's uh, right Whoa, above Caridad. I live right crazy. above Caridad in the same building. So sometimes like the party was too lit and like I couldn't fucking sleep. Yeah, I live seven <laughs> blocks away from you. Stop. Yeah, yeah that was uh, what 2006 through like 2000. Oh no, I lived there for three and a half years, not yeah. five. But yeah, but like it was 2006 and through 2009. Um, that's crazy. Uh, okay, but now you're based in LA. Yeah, I was um, based in LA. When when did you make the move? I went to LA 2009 to go okay. to go to art school. So we both yeah. left around the same yeah. time. Work. Um, Before that, I was in Korea for two years. Um, oh. Yeah, just like teaching, um, and then 
Yeah, then I went to art school in LA and then I wanted to stay. Okay, cool. So, when did you start making music? Was that it? I know that you went to LaGuardia High School, so yeah. I would guess there, but. Yeah, yeah, but I've made music ever since I was a kid, but like started producing. I guess I've done it all, like, my entire life. I just never put anything out until someone asked me. Sure. And I never DJed until someone asked me. Yeah. Um, so, it kind of just. Yeah, the internet just kind of took took over from there. How, so, it, it, let's elaborate on that. Because, like, I, I think you were saying that before that you, like, used to play guitar and then bass, and then the internet took over. So, like, I, where does this transition into more, uh, let's say, software-driven or uh, electronic, which, yeah. again, you said you don't make electronic music, but, like, at what point do you start making this this move toward to, to digital? I think, to tell you the truth, it was... Because I, I think I went to this one show. It might have been a Fate to Mind show, but I know Total Freedom was playing. Oh, whoa. Uh-huh. And it was kind of the first time I've ever been to like a club atmosphere, and I realized that there was something different. Um, it wasn't like a party. And I knew they were doing something different with the music, but I didn't really know what. And then when I started putting stuff on the internet, Ashland told me, he was like, hey, this is cool. Or maybe someone sent it to me. He said, hey, this is cool. You should keep you should keep doing this and then I think but, but I also like the thing with musicians who play actual music is that they're the culture around that musicianship and technique is based on like skill and I don't necessarily I'm not a person who I, I think for quote unquote contemporary times I don't value skill and technique I don't think it's important I think the ideas behind music is more important than like what the product is because like this kind of like technique and musicianship is just like puts everything in this like capitalist vacuum that you have to like this is worth this much and this is worth this much mm-hmm. and I, I i i rather have something more ambiguous also like that culture is just pretty liberal and i'm just like those politics is just like i can't deal with it and club culture is is progressive it's, it's radical Two. Asterisk, asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know exactly what I'm I trying to say. I know precisely what you mean. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. If we have time to elaborate, but you know what I mean. So we can just leave it there. You're good. Yeah. So, um, I, I so how would you describe your, so we, we, your, your sound? I mean, because like obviously reggaeton is definitely at the heart of it, but like there's also a lot of samples. Um, I, I, I know that uh, your two albums are maybe not necessarily available because of sample yeah. stuff, uh, which we I don't know that we can elaborate too much on that. Um, but but tell me a little bit about sampling and, and, and this as a tool for creative expression. Yeah. So I I like sampling because it was like that's the foundation of hip hop and I sure. grew up as a, as a hip hop person but also I'm like a huge man man live in Jay Dillafant and an Alchemist fan so I just and then when I started making I thought I was making remixes and then someone told me I was making edits and then recently I went on rateyourmusic.com and I'm in the section that's called Plunder Phonics okay. which is like I guess it's a academic conceptual term for people who take popular genres and, re- and keep the same format but change the content and the arrangements of it Okay. it's this theory made by, by some guy um, so what's the different difference between a remix and an edit? A remix would have the same. A remix would have the same verses. Okay. So the format, like the and an edit, I I can change lyrics. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and I can change basically the meaning of songs. Oh, wow. That's huge. So, I'll, yeah, so it was funny. I'll, so Europeans, which is where most of my music is played, they don't necessarily understand where those samples are from. Like, I have songs that is Osuna, and it's like, you play it for Latino, and be like, oh, that's Osuna. Yeah, you know, and you play it for somebody else, and they're just like... I mean, someone wrote an article about me in Germany about my first album and they were like why isn't this guy famous his voice is so beautiful ah! and I was like whoa like <laughs> that's Daddy Yankee and <laughs> Nicky Jam and Asuna it's not me you know Yikes. so it's kind of this thing um, and then for the second album I just wanted to complicate things a little more because the first album was very much like a coherent very kind of like basic and then the second album, I wanted to, I wanted to have like a, a, a reason, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Which was the my experiences on the reservation. And that's where I wanted to go next because again, it seems that so much of your work is rooted in context, or or at least in creating context. You know, just like right, it's just like you know, you do these samples, but what do they mean? In a, like outside of like you know what does Osuna mean outside of a pop market yeah, you know yeah. for geared towards Latinos you know um, what um, tell me about this time in the reservation because I know that that time and that experience also influenced much of your work yeah um, so say I I try to sample lyrics or stuff that that means something to me um, and I guess it's I kind of just ha- happenstance showing up on that reservation and it felt like a place that I was welcome and it felt like work that was necessary to do. Absolutely. Um, Where is this reservation? It's in South Dakota. It's in Pine Ridge. Oh, wow. Um, so then I just kept making these diary videos of just regular stuff there and I'm not, not being like, hey, can you tell me about how poor and fucked up your life is, you know? Like I, didn't, I wasn't doing stuff like that and they were very appreciative about that stuff. but. It's still based on like the politics and the weather there, and the animals. So it's kind of just like I'm not necessarily trying to explain anything to anyone. You know what I'm trying to say? If they like it, that's all that matters to me. Um, I'm not telling. I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying no, like no, no, you're I'm just saying like every time I show those films, like people at a museum will be like, "Well, why did you go here?" It's like, "Well, I mean, why? What do you mean why?" Like, I don't know. Why'd you make your last song? Why'd you make your last painting? It's like those things are kind of just like but it's always like well why do you think you have to go there and what I There's think they're actually though. trying to ask him is why do you think you can go there right yeah which is like I mean there's a lot of reasons for that one if I was a female it would be much more dangerous for me quote unquote yeah. also I'm a male of color I can get away with there's a certain code that they understand if I show up to a reservation you know so it's like there's all these underlying things but yeah, I just kind of like, I want to, like, I've, I I also thought this the other day, like, I feel like people don't put out albums anymore. It's just like all these singles. Like, if you have a single that pops, then people will put out an album. Mm-hmm. But until you have something that's, like, not popular, people don't really care about putting stuff like that. And, I, like, it makes me happy when, like, like I don't I don't listen to um, Tyler, the Creator, that much, but I like that Igor is an album. Yeah. No, it's just like I, I It's a full thought. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a full thought, yeah. So it's just like I was like, yes, like this is what I this is what I what I what I'm interested in. And I don't have to agree with Like I don't have to like the music, you know, but I appreciate that at least people are like 
the effort. That they care, yeah, that they care again. And it seems like because of like commodity fetishes and just like the the kind of like overly accelerated capitalism that we live in, people don't give a fuck about anything. It's just like it doesn't matter. People are just trying to, to quote unquote like secure a bag and it's so annoying this idea that basically all our desires are just attached to making money and visibility. You know, it's just like it kind of makes me not care of it, but it's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep doing it and I have my community already and I don't I don't really need to like expand beyond that, you know. Do you find that this, I mean, obviously you've expressed many anxieties about <laughs> capitalism and no, no, that, that's it's great. I mean, it's real. I mean, I got away uh, from the U.S. because I've lived in perpetual anxiety, you yeah, know? Yeah. But like, I wonder as an artist, you know, is your art a response? Is your art just a product of that? Is your art catharsis? How do you relate like the, you know, because again, you don't just make music, you make visual work, film. Um, how do you, uh, let's say, relate your your creative outlook outlet versus all these anxieties that you clearly are feeling? You know, to tell you the truth, it was there's like, I guess, to put it simplistically, there's artists who know how to navigate that kind of world, and they can talk all this like political bullshit online but we all know you're just trying to make money sure and then there's artists who will continue fighting it for the rest of their lives and i respect those artists so much but to tell you the truth for me i don't have time to be fighting against that system because it's not that i'm not fighting against that system it's just like i feel like i found something and a community especially on that reservation that work that they can work towards something and I can work towards something and we don't necessarily have to be a response to it. Sure. Like I'm not trying to I'm not making reggaeton as a response to J Balvin or Maluma. That's I don't I could care less about J Balvin or Maluma. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's like I'm gonna make reggaeton and the people who understand it are gonna understand it. I'm not but the sad part is that a lot of a lot of people in the club scene and a lot of people in, in my position they have to pay rent, they have to eat. Yeah. So for them you know, like being in New York Fashion Week is is might be a highlight for their career. Yeah. Producing a soundtrack for Louis Vuitton might be a highlight for their career. If that happens to me, now, now I'm in a position to be like, well, let me ask some questions before I say yes to this. You know, what's the show about? I could say no now. Yeah. Whereas before, I was such in a position where I'm like, fuck, I really need this hundred dollars or whatever it is. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And. I don't necessarily have to engage that community anymore, but I feel like at the end of the day, a lot of people in in the club world that's that's what they want to do. They literally just they want to be known for their sound, but they want to be where Maluma is. Yeah, they want to be where J Balvin is. I wouldn't hate being where Maluma and J Balvin are, to be perfectly honest. But I get it. Um, let's make a musical transition. Um, so up next, we have a song by Sinan, uh, and it's called Yala Yala. Uh, tell me about Sinan. I, I I don't think I've ever heard of him until you mentioned him. I went to, to Sweden this summer and it was fucking cold in the summer <laughs> um, and really depressing. Um, I love Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could deal with that. I just like, I like to be, I like to talk, you know, be a bit warm. Fair. Like, you know, dance. Because <laughs> the people were cold. It wasn't yeah, yeah, necessarily yeah. I mean, Sweden that was I'm cold. I'm sure you know how it is. Yeah, they are. I know the culture is or Scandinavian, whatever. They're, they're not Caribbean folk. Yeah. <laughs> but... 
people told me that there was this burgeoning rap scene there. Okay. Um, a lot of Somali rappers, a lot of Turkish rappers. And I like Sinan because of his melodies. You know, they sound Turkish and his trap music. He's a he's kind of he's a gangster, he's a G. And I, I love I I really love rappers like that and his melodies are just kinda of so beautiful. I don't understand most of what he's talking about. Um and I wrote him the other day on Instagram, I was like, I really love what you do, can I send you music? And he was like, Of course, you know. Um, so I I really would he's one of the people that I was like, I would love to make a song to tell you the truth. I've yeah, I've made I've made edits of some of his vocal stuff and when you slow it down it sounds like like pre Islamic music or like you know, just like Islamic music like a call to prayer, you know, it's yeah. it's just so it's so beautiful. Um so yeah, that's that's really why I like the song. But right. I think the song is, is Yalla Yalla means fuck off. <laughs> I think that's what it means. I know Yalla means a lot of things. Yeah. Um but Alright, well, I'm definitely looking forward to that collab, but right now we're going to listen to the song by Sinan. Uh, again, the track is called Yala Yala, and we'll be right back with more Kel Manduran. Yeah, I'm 
Right, and we're back and we just heard a track by Muslim Gauze. Uh, it's called Hezbollah um, and you were telling me a little bit about this producer before you telling me that he's English um, oh, and that he just was incredibly prolific and very 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 political yeah uh, Muslim Gauze is a, a British producer who I kind of would like to emulate and I feel like I don't know, I kind of just prefer his format and Tupac's format, which is just like put out as much music sure. and not try to think about it so much. Not, not that not to think about it so much, but it's just like, just constantly put stuff out. Yeah. Not necessarily having this 
this format that most artists has like yeah put a lot of stuff out yeah. make a lot of money retreat wait till the audience wants you back again and then put out stuff like that or feel the need that you have to live yeah, up yeah. to something yeah so it's just like yeah and he has he made a lot of just like albums that were contextualized um in Arab politics especially I guess um his concerns he has a song called Palestine has a song called Hezbollah that should tell you sure uh already where he's coming from um yeah and it's just like it doesn't it, he's not trying to make like arabic music but he does sample a lot of these kind of rhythms um but it sounds totally just like the kind of history of like jungle and drum and bass stuff that comes from london and it's, and it's mixed with that so i really kind of i don't know it just it, it's just like a format that i that i would emulate you know Absolutely. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm so glad that we've had this, this conversation. We're not, we're not done just yet, uh, folks at home. Um, but I do have some more questions. I mean, I, we haven't really spoken too much about L.A., which is, I know, your base. Obviously, it's a major city. Obviously, a ton of things are happening. Um, what, what is happening in L.A.? Um, shit. All shit. <laughs> no, LA, L.A. is beautiful, man. It's just like, I... I just feel like I'm not I'm not really needed there anymore. Okay. I think when Rayla was happening it felt it was good and it was natural because we felt like we were creating something that was that was needed and I feel like now there's so many DJs like and it just seems like it's streamlined a mm. bit of the DJ culture there. Oh. And there's a lack of at least from what I've seen there's a lack of care of it. There's a lack of love. Um, all the a lot of the scenes seem very chatty and very social and very like even corporate at times. Sure. And would you say you're still based in LA? I mean, you seem to be on the road no, I'm, I'm all on, all the time. No, I'm gone. I'm gone. So, do you have a base right now? Uh, um, but I I I left okay. like three or four days ago. I made that decision because. Oh. Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't like how. I didn't like the kind of interactions I was having with, sure. with people. Um, and in terms of the club scene, it, it got very competitive, and I'm not I'm not a competition guy. And yeah, it's nice, but it's like I want to go to a place where people listen, and that's not throwing shade at LA. No, no. But a lot of it is just like kind of patting the back. Oh yeah, you must be you must be doing good. You're successful. Success is a real thing over there, and I understand it, but it's not. I, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna wake I don't wanna wake up and be like oh yeah this is I've done what I've done sure. it's just like I I'd rather just challenge myself and but also it's just like it's okay scenes end you know like things culture changes over a while sure. and I'm not I don't wanna be like I'm gonna I'm gonna push against that and there's of course there's gonna be good tons of good stuff always coming out of LA but for me I just like. I need to be where it's at. Where did you go when you left? Uh, well, here. <laughs> this is where I came. But I don't know. I like. I. With the type of stuff I do, because it's Caribbean music, like in London, there's tons of Caribbean people, and it's like it's less of a translation issue for me. Um, because dancehall culture and reggaeton culture is like. There's a lot of Latinx people in London. Yeah. There's a lot of Caribbean people in London. So it's kind of like all. 
Yeah, and like there is a sound system. There is like a a, a Caribbean like an aura there that you just that you can that I feel like I haven't besides you go to the Caribbean that I haven't seen anywhere else. There's not that many Caribbean people in in LA. Have you gone back to DR or the or just generally speaking the Caribbean? Yeah, I played in the DR. Um, how how Nah, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Dominicans, Dominicans love white culture, so yeah. they only fuck with techno. Um, they, if you play like a fucking Dolcecina or a Teo Calderón song, they, they'll look at you sideways. Yeah. For a white Dominican crowd. Yeah. And the white people in DR, they swear that they're progressive, but they're not. They're they're still on the same bullshit that they've been on for the past hundred years and yeah. I, I really don't have time for that so much of uh, so much of culture in Latin America is sort of like built around classism yeah and if you think about like reggaeton like was popping forever yeah. but it didn't it wasn't until like wider faces started yeah, doing faces it of course, or yeah. like cumbia you know bachata you know yeah. just, it was always like no that's for the poor folk and, you know and it feels like it's like society is just getting quote unquote softer sure um I don't know what it is, but it's just like, I don't know, I, and people are just getting all these anxieties that I felt like I've never, you know, like, people who, like, put hand sanitizer when they go on the train and shit like that, like, they, like, really, there's other humans around, but, like, what, what are you gonna fucking catch polio, like, what's your problem, you know, or this kind of thing, like, can't sit next to someone on the train station, there's, like, this lack of, like, like, human thing that I don't know what the fuck I don't know when it just took over but it's really it's really kind of dissolute it causes like a great amount of alienation to tell you the truth um, and I, I don't want to be around that kind of society to tell you the truth I want to be like where where people talk to you and touch you and and have a bit more care and, and a little bit more love I just uh, I don't know so what do you want to do next? Where do you want to go? Or are you just going to live on the road for a while and no, then just I mean, figure it out? I want to settle down somewhere. I can't. I don't want to just die on a club. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Um, Give Latin America a shot, man. I mean, I... As someone who grew up in Latin America, yeah. every time I leave the U.S. Yeah. to go back to Latin America, there is just a certain, there's a little bit of like, as you said, that human connection that you kind of miss. I'm sure, it's a little chaotic sometimes, yeah. but like, there is a little bit of that warmth of the familiar familiarity yeah, yeah, of that yeah. connection. Um, and I would, you know what it is? It's just like, I think besides Colombia and Chile, no other, and maybe a couple people in Puerto Rico, they don't, they don't really show me love like that. Yeah. And to them, it's just like, oh, he's the American kid who makes it dumb, you know, and I, that's understandable. Um, but it also works both ways. I don't know, like my boiler room comments are all like, I can't believe boiler rooms playing reggaeton, or like obviously like the most ridiculous comments are like, wow, I can't Brazil, I can't believe this. Brazilian people would allow this and I'm just like well no one here is playing Brazilian music yeah. and I'm not Brazilian but to them everything sorry, everything comes from one place um, well, but where do I want to go I, I, I just I honestly just want to keep putting out albums yeah. I, uh, it doesn't really matter where I am to tell you the truth I don't think I'd be happy anyway because it's just the state of things it's just like 
most con- not most of the Western countries are imperial countries, and most of them have right wing fascist governments. There's no way I would live in Italy, you know, not, not one of that governments. But it's just like every place you go to, the government's a piece of shit. So it's just like it's kind of hard to to say where you. Yeah, I definitely get some of that. I, uh, I I often feel like I'm running away. Yeah, that's uh, how I feel all the time, actually. I always feel like I, I, I get settled and then I run away. Right. I was I was talking about this with my boyfriend this week because uh, he speaks Chinese and he, he used to live in Taiwan. Yeah. And so we were like, you know, we also used to live in Chile and we were thinking of moving back there. It was like Chile is currently up in flames, you yeah. know, for good reason. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and hope the fight keeps going. But, like, we were like... So what if Mexico fucks up, you know? Because the U.S. we're not going back, and like yeah. Chile, hell, you know, not the not the time. It's like maybe we go to Asia. Maybe we go to top. It was like we're, it's always like, what's the contingency plan? Yeah, it's a it's a little it's a little intense. Yeah. Um, the class thing bothers me definitely in Mexico. Yeah, it's very it's very. And it's one of the places where it's like I feel like it's least pronounced. Like Chile is like the class thing is serious yeah. in Chile. Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, and hopefully on a, on a higher note, um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your music, because again, we, we, finding your music can be, it's not necessarily on streaming platforms, right? No, I mean, I mean you can find it on Soul Seeker on Pirate Bay. Okay. <laughs> yes, the pirate tradition continues. Yeah. Are you like on SoundCloud? Can people find you on SoundCloud? Uh, I think there's like an... Yeah, yeah, 1804 Kids is on SoundCloud. Okay. They're more of us now, but you can find a bunch of my edits and stuff on SoundCloud. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, what, what, where is the best place for, like... SoundCloud, yeah. SoundCloud? Okay, yeah. cool. So then we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Um, and then, um, before we go, where can people follow you uh, social, on social media? Um, Do you even use it? <laughs> yeah, I have an Instagram. That's my name. Okay, just get it on. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Again, and we'll guess, link to that in the yeah, notes. Yeah, for sure. I mean... For this year, I am gonna try and start a white label, like a record label that only puts out white labels. Okay. So like illegal music, quote unquote illegal music. Sure. This is like vinyl, just like 300 press runs. I'll try and make my stuff as legal as possible so that they can have a name for it, but that's what I'm gonna do for next year. I'm gonna, besides my own projects, I wanna release other people who are like doing this kind of reggaeton yeah. club stuff. Um, put out their records also amazing because it's uh, I feel like it's, it's cool to put out my own music and it's nice but it's like I also want to be part of some a larger phenomenon I guess I mean help yeah. pave the way for others yeah yeah so and I think there's a, enough of us that do this now that there's some sort of coherent or you can call it a movement I think sure. finally like producers who make it um, and who, who are into that so, Does the label have a name yet? Uh, I think I'm going to do 6am records. Okay. It's, it's kind of my favorite time of the day. <laughs> Got it. Watch out for a kid. Uh, again, if it's if by the time this episode is up, if uh, the things are already set up, I will also be linking to that yeah, in the show notes. Thank you so much. 
No, thank you. Um, um, I just want to remind you all, dear listeners, that first of all, my guest is Kel Manduran, uh, and I'm Richard Villegas, and this is Song Mess. Uh, you can find us on your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. That's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, you can follow us on social media at, you know, at Song Mess on uh, Twitter, song, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I will remind you that if you wanted to give us a, um, a rating on Apple Podcasts, five stars only, that would help us uh, a bunch you know with visibility and all that jazz uh and again i'm not sure if you can do it on spotify but if you can please do it um if you you know want to know more about our guest uh, again check out the show notes i will be linking to everything there um and yeah i mean if you want to message us directly uh we have an email songmissmusic at gmail.com uh send the suggestions uh if you're an artist listening you know i'm down to talk to people i mean like this is this is a show that was built on the house of indie so please talk to me happy to have have you on the show um again Kelman, thank you thank you so much for being here we have one more song uh, or really a track uh to 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 play out with and i'm really excited to listen to this yeah. so this is um this is an edit of a new frank ocean track called my room this yeah. is going to be the Kelman duran edit uh tell us a little bit about this track yeah uh i just loaded down and made it an ambient version to it and uh, i just took one section where i felt like the lyrics were um yeah, when you hear it, the lyrics, it just repeats the same thing over and over. Okay. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, again, my guest is Kel Manduran. This is Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Ciao! Call me Make me vibe.